how very much I've loved you. How very much I've tried my best to give you the good life. Don't you want a world of unconditional love and brotherhood? We have the secrets to self-improvement. You can join us and be special. Join our elite mission to save the world. Since the death of God, there's been a vacancy open. You could fill that void. Here's how. We'll title this tape. Welcome to the Cult of Comics. Welcome to the Cult of Comics podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Brown, and today I'm joined by Sean Walsh and Josh Craven. How's it going, boys? He said monotonely. Hello. Oh, yeah. Welcome to the Cult of Comics. How are you today? Very sexy. Let's talk about some comics. Yes. Did you see that, um, I think it was a football coach over in England. Yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yes, and I loved it. The translator was like, hello, coach. How are you today? He's translating for, I don't know, a French or Spanish reporter, and the coach is just, oh, yes. God, it's so erotic. Can, can you say that? He's like, More please, please, again. <laughs> <laughs> like, congratulations. <laughs> oh, yeah. Congratulations, coach. That. <clears throat> that was fun. Coach. I liked that a lot. Mm, coach. Sean knows all about that, having a sultry, footy coach coming up and whispering into his ear. Oh yes, it reminds me of my school days. Mm. Can I ask you something? You said that. Actually, this is more for you, Josh. When you look at Sean, does he look like he's almost six feet tall? Because he just does not look like he's almost six feet tall to me. I see his yeah. face, and I'm thinking like five foot two, five foot three. Yeah, uh, maybe when he's leaning over, he's like. Uh, you guys ever read 1984? The shopkeep. Who is like a really old man, and then they he gets. I'm sorry, spoilers for 1984. If you haven't read it in the past 60 years, I haven't. The shopkeep. It's on the shelf. <laughs> I haven't got around to it yet. The shopkeep is a little old man who later on is revealed to be just an agent for the government, and he just stands up straight, kind of like Clark Kent, or turning into Superman. I just muted you. I have no idea what you said. <laughs> it's okay. But, okay. It's it's all random garbage. <laughs> Sean just leans over and works at his bench all day and then stands up straight and he towers over everyone. I'm just awkward to slouch a lot and, like, give off small personal energy. Hands. Do this. Yeah, you have sausage fingers. I feel like... They really aren't that bad. No, your fingers. They're just... They're, like... They're meaty. You look like you belong in a butcher shop. You look like you've been like you you belong being yeah. yelled at by a butcher to go carry out the blood. My fingers really aren't that sausagey. The very look at. Daddy, would you like some here. sausages? <laughs> Compared to it's some people's, I see. Yeah. Well, Sean, they're not, they're not like Sean super looks hairy like uh, Sean looks like Rafe Spall in the uh, the movie One Day. You call out the most random things that absolutely look no one is going to get. Look do you know up. what the word? Do you know what the word, the definition of the word esoteric is? I knew that's the word you were going to say. Yeah, it's you say the most esoteric things, and I don't think that anybody. I don't get anything that you say. Rafe, fact. I don't know who that is. You know who? I know who Rafe Spool is. Yeah, but I, I don't know. Who that I don't is. know the movie. Yeah. One day. Yeah. And Hathaway. And um. What's his name? 
Rafe Spool played one of the Andes in Hot Fuzz. Yeah. He was the he, uh, reporter in Life of Pi. Yeah, like the interview Oh, person. I love him. And he was the douchebag co-worker in Shaun the Dead and... who died yeah, pretty yeah, early. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hello, Mike. He's yeah, the son of the actor who played Peter Pettigrew in Harry Potter. Really? I didn't know that. I didn't know that at all. Timothy Spool. Well, you didn't know who really Rafe like was anyway. So of course you didn't know. <laughs> No, I didn't know that, but I don't like that you know that. About like, stop being so fucking English. It's painful every he, time that hey, you open your mouth. He can't help it. He just sees everybody at the picnic. It's, apparently, Jesus. There's like a small selected pool of people to like collect too. I can't even imagine like how hard it must be to just be like, okay, we'll take those five over there, put them in the Harry Potter movie. Sounds good. They'll see each other at the Sunday picnic. Sounds yeah. good. All right, cool. Have you seen the map for how J.K. Rowling organized her no. like world building? It's really lazy when it came to non-white continents and countries. It's really and wow. here She's is like Africa. School Eleven. Yeah, literally, it's like School Eleven is Russia, and then Africa. All of Africa's one school is going to be School Seven. I don't fucking know. Who cares? I don't know why I know that. Twitter, I suppose. Anyways, we're here to talk about comic book things, comic book related things, and this is the news episode, so we're going to talk about comic book news, and we're going to start it off with the most recent bit of news with our man on the street, Sean Walsh. Take it away. Let's talk about what's going on in the world of Ezra Miller. Where in the world is Ezra Miller? Ezra Miller. Well, they have come out and said they're in the middle of a mental breakdown and are seeking psychiatric help for it. Did they apologize for killing all those people? No, they said uh, they used the word allegedly in their ah, statement. Ah. Um, allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah, Alleged. There you go. <laughs> um, yeah, it was the most basic PR apology. Yeah. I mean, are we that surprised? No, it didn't seem kinda... genuine in the slightest. Is there yeah. video? Is there video of them saying that, or is it just like here? We're gonna put out this little blurb and see you guys. I'm going to, you know, rich people recovery. Um, considering it's Hollywood, I'm, I really wouldn't be terribly surprised. It's probably gonna be one of those. I'm like, oh my god, I'm so addicted to rage a hall and meth and kidnapping children and putting bullets in their mouths and being in Hawaii. Sorry, guys, I gotta go. I just need a breather. Whatever the hell else. You know? Sorry, at this moment, Ezra Miller could not be reached due to being in rehab. He'll be in rehab until the movie comes out, and that's how they're gonna get around him not doing the press junket. It's gonna be cheaper for them at this point, which honestly is confusing. put your head down, stay out of the limelight. Yeah, when we talked about it last time, we mentioned that, uh, wait, I, I would actually like to give you this opportunity to uh, say that title that you've been working on, because it's good, and I would like for you to say it, please. The Assassination of HBO Max. Oh, right, The Assassination of HBO Max by the coward, what's his fucking name, something Zaslav. David Zaslav. David Zaslav, yes. yeah. Which one of you made that up? Me. I thought it was Sean, Yeah. I'm going to give it to Josh anyways. So, Josh, yeah, good job. The continued... Yeah. Oh, we're just trending... We're going to just shift right into that. Okay. Yeah. So, it was revealed this week that uh, HBO Max, for some of their streaming service... For their streaming service, 
uh, even if things aren't being watched, apparently these are like really old deals that they just are still paying royalties to shows. Just for having your show on their streaming service, they pay you royalties, no matter if someone's watching it or not. Mm. Because other places, Netflix, you basically get paid for, I don't know, how many minutes are watched? Possibly like that. Didn't know that, okay. Yeah. Uh, So they decided to remove all of the low-performing TV shows, which happen to be a lot of animated stuff, which I'm not sure I agree with. Uh, So they took down... Uh, a lot of like Cartoon Network shows, Sesame Street. Uh, my kids watched. Wait, wait! They took down all of Sesame Street. Over uh, two hundred episodes. Yeah, I I am surprised that they would leave some episodes up. I'm not sure what's left of Sesame Street, but uh, they said two hundred episodes, which is like five seasons out of the eighty seasons they have. So there's there's like thousands of episodes. Uh, so I don't know how Did much they get that... rid of the episode where Elmo introduces uh, his friend Robert De Niro. Uh, yeah, the late, sh- the not so late show with Elmo is gone. Yeah, damn. Uncle Grandpa, that's gone. Just directly out the window. No one gives a shit about that show. I no one gives a shit. About no, Uncle anyway, uh, except for Sean. No, I found out because uh, it's an inbreeding joke. Wh- that show just should not exist anyway. That is just like, you've watched Super Jail, which is like a weird, as what I would imagine is an acid trip. Uncle Grandpa is just like, what I would imagine a PCP trip would be. It's just ludicrous, <laughs> insane. Uh, yeah, I would say that Super Jail is very much a very bad acid. Well, actually, no. I would say Super Jail is more like a mescaline trip based on my own personal experiences. Okay. Don't do mescaline in public. Okay. Don't do a lot of what? things in public. Instead of removing these things, would it not just make more sense to change the policy to pay depending on You'd have to have the person agree to change the contract. Who knows how long the contract's in effect for. Yeah. Uh, But one of the shows that we watched... I assumed it didn't take streaming into account when the original contract was signed. Which is weird, because one of the things that we watch, my kids watch, is this uh, HBO commission special... For the Runaway Bunny, and that came out in March of last year. So, hmm. I don't know if it's because they had so many big name artists come in and do uh, song renditions, uh, but it's a very—it would have been a very recent contract, hmm. and they took that off. So, can't watch that for my kids. And there is nowhere to acquire any of these shows. Legal. They took off a. Legally. Legally. Well, I mean, if you went online and tried to find something that came out years ago, it's probably not up right now. Like, Um, probably, you know, if you went and you looked, it was probably lacking in Cedars and Leechers. So, well, hypothetically speaking. uh, Hypothetically speaking, yes. Well, Um, so I'm actually happy you bring this up because we had kind of a discussion similar to this last week that got me curious so i actually was digging into uh archive.org mm-hmm. uh which leads you down a big rabbit hole of um things that are in the public domain and uh mm-hmm. what have you uh you'd be really surprised what's out there that is just completely free to download completely legally uh because it enters epic and public domain um once it reaches a certain stage like you can get 
a lot of old shows from the 90s like mm-hmm. Xena or Goosebumps. Huh. So you can go back to like uh, Night of the Living Me. Dead, get that. It, you'd be really surprised what's out there. Yeah. Um, Sesame Street has been syndicated, correct? Because it's it's one of the longest running Since shows the of all time, 70s. I imagine. Yeah, it's been around. So for I guess the years. reason why I bring this up is is just because if they're removing content that is specifically old and not being watched, that kinda makes sense. But when it comes to th- like, I don't know anything about Uncle Grandpa, but I know it's more recent. Yeah, very than... new stuff. And what gets stranger is that they've basically scrubbed any of their promotional material. Like if they had a preview on YouTube, they've pulled previews of that. They've pulled down old really? tweets. Yeah, if you go, people said they went and they looked for, they took down Infinity Train, was another show that got taken down, and they, like, were pulling down old tweets about Infinity Train, just kind of scrubbing any reference to any of this stuff, and now there's, I mean, there's very, some of these things, uh, there's very little physical media, they're not streaming anywhere else, so it's basically, like, there is no option to acquire this anyway. I mean, um, Warner Brothers has thing... always been really reactionary anyways. I guess I'm not that surprised in that regard. Go ahead, Sean. I was going to say, um, just saying about stuff being, like, no physical media and not available online, um, something that did get a lot of attention when the Lightyear movie came out the other month was that there was a early 2000s cartoon detailing Buzz's origin story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Disney have scrubbed the records on that. I really? I don't remember any of that. I do. I watched that on one. That was one of my Saturday morning cartoons. Man, that must have been like a thirteen-episode series. I think it had no, two it was seasons. Like... Yeah. Okay. So it was like twenty-six. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not a, not a, not a substantial difference, um, but. Um, Buzz Lightyear of Star so... Command. Jeez, number oh. of episodes sixty-two. Okay. I I remember that. Oh right, it's a kids show. That for a season, it's like. 30 36 episodes yeah exactly how long was the first season of pokemon like 70 episodes it's way too fucking long 49 yeah that show needs to die at this point he's still fucking 12 and he's still doing like how do you fit all that into a year how doesn't make any sense you battle a god get a fucking electric mouse to come shock you back to life with the mewtwo's they aired 62 episodes from october of 20 of 2000 to january of 2001 basically one episode Hmm. every day good for them i don't know but yeah does that that include the porygon episode of seizures oh i don't know about the first stroke well you never saw that episode (laughs) is this tyler's origin story tyler lived Uh, uh, in japan and that's why he had to leave don't do that don't do that pokemon um yeah it is a bit of a problematic issue because i don't want to I don't want to, like, promote piracy, but when these studios make it impossible to access their stuff legally, yeah, like, not having DVD well, releases or not even being able exactly. to buy it from a streaming service like Amazon Prime or whatever, yeah, um, it's always been said that piracy is a service issue, not a crime issue. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. Or, uh, yeah. If you make something well, readily available to people for a reasonable price. Yeah. They will have no reason to pirate it. But and when HBO you Max take this... like HBO Max is one of the highest rated streaming services and now it's just like is it? N- yes it. Yeah. They had so much that they had all the HBO shows. They had 
all sorts of their own originals that were highly rated, and now it's just kind of in nosedive. They don't have any of the fluff that you would find on Netflix. It's so easy to find good stuff that you're looking for. They have. I mean, it's, it's like Disney Plus in the UK because when they bought Fox, we got a new yeah, section they, called Star. Yeah, they break it down for you. Like, stuff. here's the Cartoon Network stuff. Here's the Turner Classic movies. Here's the Studio Ghibli stuff. Mm. Well, I, I mean, they've they had it organized a little bit before, but I mean, I understand. I would understand the mentality of, hey, we probably shouldn't keep our collection of sesame street right next to the same spot that we have well you you can uh, create a kid's episodes account. of six feet under you can create yeah. a kid's account on hbo max just as you can for netflix you watch an elmo one day and the next thing yeah. you know there's some there's a gay couple doing mdma in the nightclub and they have uh, butt sex for the first time i don't think it was the first time that was michael c hall's first time i think on screen you think they did full penetration on screen not as much. What was the name of the guy from Parks and Rec? Uh, Andy. Chris Pratt. No, no, no. Yeah. No, 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 no. Uh, the hot one who wore the Batman suit, and he cried when he was wearing the Batman suit. Rob Lowe? He, no, no, no. His partner. Oh, Adam Scott. Adam Scott. That actor was in a TV show that, I think it was on HBO, that was so incredibly sexual that everyone was like, this is, they have to be actually having sex. This is like pornography, basically. It's, it's not HBO if you're not having sex. Yeah, basically. There was a Speaking parody commercial. It's not, it's not porn, it's HBO. Dun, dun, dun. Speaking of HBO and porn, the Game of Thrones spinoff series coming out tomorrow. Tonight, Does anyone porno care? or the actual it's spin-off tonight. series? The House of Dragon. It said twenty second oh. when I looked earlier. Yeah, for okay. you because you're up, you're gonna be. It'll be the twenty second when for it airs you. for you. Yeah, tonight. For you, though. for me. <laughs> for you, for um, me. Does Does anyone actually care about this show's existence? No, <laughs> not at all. I no. I care about it in the regard that I'm going to enjoy making fun of Matt Smith looking as ridiculous as he does. Oh, that show's also got the other actor who played one of the Andes in Hot Fuzz playing King Viserys, Viserion, whatever his name is. Really? Verizon? Yeah. I don't know. Verizon's a, Verizon's a phone against, company. Against yes. the companies, against the, the kingdom of Singular. Ah, yes. Yeah, I, show. I completely forgot this show existed. I don't even know if I watched Nobody the first asked trailer. for it. Yeah. Um, Who, which, one of my friends last harder, night. This or the Lord of the Rings show? I sent this to my friend earlier. Uh, I was like, which one of these is getting a season two? <laughs> They got a five-year plan for uh, Lord of the Rings. Five-season plan. Lord of the Rings, I, I reckon, will get renewed because they spent yes. too much money on it not to, whereas HBO Max There's... will just... They're film season two and then just not release it for tax write-off. The... Well, also, uh, yeah, absolutely. But also, I think that we can agree that Lord of the Rings has a substantially more dedicated fandom, fandom than Game of Thrones based on how the show ended. Uh, Maybe. I don't think it's more, more dedicated, sure, but larger i don't think so it's probably more of like a very steep peak versus like game of thrones there are people that don't care for it but would still watch it because it's more game of thrones let me put it um, this way i don't know anybody who has watched the movies who hasn't read the books for lord of the rings i've watched the movies i've not read the books same get the fuck out fuck you both <laughs> get the fuck out of here right now and also, I'm going to put this out there right now. Stephen Colbert, you're wrong. The Hobbit is the best. Fuck you. The book or the movies? The book. 
All right, let's get this train back on track. There's the only thing that does fill me with some level of hope for House of the Dragon is George R. R. Martin's actively involved. Yeah. Okay. But I'm going to go into this with, like, rock-bottom expectations. And if it's good, yeah, cool. But I don't really blame you. I just don't point. care at all. Wiener, 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 wiener. Well... I mean, I will say that it is one of the more interesting fantasy universes out there. I, as long as he finishes the fucking book. Yeah. You know what I'm kind of surprised by? Uh, I feel like this is actually a really good opportunity for most companies to go looking for more media from novels, like old 70s, 80s fantasy stories hey, that were substantial. Sorry, go ahead. Netflix is trying with Sandman. Yeah. Well, there's that, but I was thinking, like, I just picked up Terry Pratchett's first Discworld book and I'm there's 42 books in that so yeah it's it's but there. that's there's, not really a series is it it's basically a series of one shots uh with some loose they all connective tie thread. with each other there's not there's not loose connectives it's very you know very what? connected I uh, think the world is ready for another Animorphs adaptation say what you will I actually really like that those book series and I really liked the show yeah they had a pretty good Don't cast. Care. Yeah. Um, actually, now that I think about it, Terry Pratchett reminds me... Well, I should say Christopher Moore reminds me of Terry Pratchett, but that's definitely somebody that you guys should check out. Do you guys know Christopher Moore at all? No. He's a really great uh, comedy writer. He's written a series of books that are basically his m- Midtown America take on Twilight, if Twilight was really funny. Okay. Uh, the first book is called Bloodsucking Fiends. The second one's called You Suck, A Love Story. third one's called Bite Me. Uh, he did a book about um, Da Vinci uh, called Sacre Blue. Do you know anything about the whole blue thing with uh, Da Vinci? I know, I, I know somebody had a blue phase. And a blue Corvette. <laughs> Um, apparently when he was taking his antidepressants, he saw blues and yellows in a much more enhanced way because of the chemi- the chemistry of his antidepressants. Yeah. Back in that day, uh, if you were taking antidepressants, it's like, here, have some mercury. Yeah, basically. Yeah. So Something. it enhanced his experiences with it, but he also had this, he regarded blue as if it was like a person, like a woman. So this is... And his take, Christopher Moore, makes Blue into a literal, like, physical being that Da Vinci is trying to chase after, a woman named Blue. And it's really funny, but it's also really sad. It's really good. I would definitely say check it out. Really quick reads. Really, I've never laughed aloud at a book before. before Oh, you mean uh, Picasso's Blue Period? Sure. That didn't sound like him. Okay. France. France. Uh Oh, ho, ho. That's dumb. <sighs> I guess with HBO Max, actually just with Warner Brothers in general, I mean, we had the discussion about them canceling Batgirl, and it, now they're it doing does the seem same like... Well, I, I'm just confused about some of their choices here, because you would think that they would rather just... I don't I don't understand what the, the fiscal motivation here is, because if they it's say, a tax write-off, yeah. that's it. It's a tax write-off, but they also don't have to pay these people anymore if they're not streaming it making it available to stream which tells me maybe that they're trying to save money for the merger yeah yeah exactly that's what they're doing and they think it's 
worthwhile to do this. They're just trying to see how much but, money they can squeeze out of this. But if they had released this in theaters, it probably would have made a lot more money. Yeah, they probably That's could have made three times. Money tomorrow versus money today. How much money did they spend on that, anyways? Um, it had a budget of less than a hundred million. Batgirl so was ninety been... million. Yeah, so I mean, if they're gonna try to make that back, that's gonna be, you know, it's a gamble. Just shy of two hundred million at the box Probably. office. I'm sure that they I can mean, make that. That's not gonna be too much of an issue. I think I've said before that, that it's a ninety and... million dollar film. You put ninety million dollars more into advertising. That's one hundred eighty million. Got to make, got to clear that. And at that point, you're breaking even. Yes, and now but go counterpoint. Counterpoint. It was a movie made for streaming originally. Yes. So anything it. it made in the theater would be icing on the cake. Yeah, but you still have to put in that advertising money, and so instead of saying let's put another, whatever it costs for post production plus the ninety million dollars in advertising, we'll just take the you know instead of you paying me this much money, I'll give you thirty million dollars. Okay. Mm. This isn't my baby. I don't care about it. Now that the Michael Keaton Batman is basically only going to be showing up in the Flash I'm film, so angry. if that's going to, I know, I'm I'm very. It just seems like a, I, again, it just seems like a waste of money, and it seems like a waste of opportunities. Warner Brothers has this incredibly terrible habit of being like, "Hey guys, we're going to do this really cool thing," and then not following through with it. And when they do follow through with it, it ends up being like a big pile of either dog shit or completely random out of the nowhere gold and then you're like oh that was really good more of that please and then they don't commit to that it doesn't make any sense yeah and how many times have they gone through a new like collection of lead people because surely at this point you i mean we, we can blame it on zaslov now but i mean prior to that you had um shit help me out here he's the walter hamada you know Okay. But, I mean, was he even really in charge of... He was just in charge of DC movies. Nothing outside of that. I just don't understand it. I don't know. One thing I will say that I'm really glad about, a, a thing we can, I think, all agree upon is it's really good that Jeff Johns isn't doing movies anymore. He never got a fair shot at it. Uh, he, did, he worked on Wonder Woman 1 and 2, and... He worked on Suicide Squad. He didn't work he on Suicide on, Squad. He did. He had a creative input on it. And uh, David Ayer even said that there was a series of scenes that Jeff Johns uh, had a lot of say and input in. He was, and now, unfortunately... Whether that was just as a, like, a creative input, but he was only ever brought on as the head of DC movies just after Justice League started filming. Sure. Which is why there was There's, a big course correction. He worked directly on Justice League, Aquaman, yeah. Wonder Woman, and Shazam. But because yeah, of Justice League's bombing, he was removed before any of the other movies had even been released. Mm-hmm. I mean, he still had a lot of creative input. I guess that's what I mean. He didn't necessarily write every script. He wrote the script for... 84. Or he, Yeah, he co-wrote the script for that. And But on the other hand, I really liked Shazam. And Wonder Woman and Aquaman both made over a billion dollars. Yeah. It was just because Justice League crashed into a Unfortunately, wall. yeah. Unfortunately, the Snyder Cut fans are still going after Jeff Johns, but now there's a new collection of accusations going out against him. Um, one person said that he tried to groom her when she was 17. Who's uh, this, Jeff Johns? Said, 
Yeah. Yeah, I was very surprised by that. And then people are like, why isn't he being canceled? Because, like, of all these things. And it's like, well, I mean, if, if Warren Ellis can get canceled for, like, one or two people coming forward and saying that they were being groomed, I'm pretty sure that Jeff Johns is not safe. So please, I feel like... Please don't be a piece of shit, Jeff Johns. I, I had your back. Here's the thing that I have. Here's the thing that I have an issue with that because the person there's only been one person so far who has said that, which is bad regardless. But that person said that he contacted her in his DMs recently, and then did not produce any like screenshots or anything. Then there was a series of other people who said, "Well, what did he say to you?" Because I'm a guy, and when I complimented Jeff John's work, he personally dm'd me and invited me out to uh los angeles a couple times but i don't think that he was hitting on me and then a, another couple of series of oh guys were like, yeah, yeah that actually no i i have heard of this in the past it seems like he just has a bit of a problem with personal boundaries i mean yeah and probably not in like He's... a <sighs> what's the word i'm looking for i i Go ahead. Not in a, like, malicious way, but just in, like, a maybe a bit autistic. Not realizing maybe. some stuff isn't appropriate. Socially awkward. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, if we're, like, we're looking back on what Ray Fisher said, you know, went down with their conversations about, his, you know, Cyborg's genitals and um, that uh, writer on Krypton uh, making a suggestion about black women changing their hair and him saying no that's not a black thing yeah i mean i would say that he's probably a little socially autistic i mean i'm not too surprised by that but malicious i don't know honestly i talked that up to him being um from of middle eastern origin you know there's a very it's the same thing as like russian people you know they have a very open mindset when it comes to hospitality you know i feel like some of the best experiences i had living in poorer uh, neighborhoods was when my Russian neighbor would just randomly knock on my door in the middle of the day and then invite me up to his flat for drinks, smokes back when I was smoking cigarettes and, you know, food. And he would always like introduce me to his wife. And then out, he would pull me aside and he's like, she always goes, blah, 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 honey, honey. And it was the funniest goddamn thing. But I, d I feel like it's not necessarily PC to say this, but sometimes it really is a cultural thing. Some people are just more friendly than Americans. That was really long-winded. I apologize. Anyways. Anyway. So what's next? What is next? Well, we've got the news about Jeff John's uh, Golden Age. We can talk about that. Oh, yeah, we got three Jeff John's books in November. What is this, 2011? <laughs> this is interesting because we knew Stargirl was going to be happening eventually, but JSA's uh, not... It's like a kind of surprise because this is like his fourth time writing JSA? Third time. But yeah, this was announced at the end of the Stargirl one-shot from like a year and a half ago. Yeah. Um, that ended with a tease of Justice Society coming from Brian Hitch and Jeff Johns and mm -hmm. then Brian Hitch was like oh yeah that isn't happening anymore so everyone thought the plans were cancelled but no it's coming we've got JSA coming from Jeff Johns and Mikkel Hannon 
Um, we've also got a one-shot called The New Golden Age, which is setting mm-hmm. up this new, these new books. Um, so that is by Jeff John, Steve Lieber, Jerry Ordway, and Diego Olotuegui. Oh my god, Steve Lieber? Really? That's fantastic. I'm excited about, about that. Yeah, and that's spinning off into JSA, and then that's spinning off into Stargirl, The Lost Children, by Jeff Johns and Todd Nauk. 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 Todd Nock is a really nice guy. He's been doing uh, comics since the 90s. He was one of the original artists on Young Justice. Uh, and I didn't realize it when I first met him. And when I did, I was like, oh, oh my god, you were like my first introduction to comics, guy. And he's like, oh, thanks, man. He's, he's really, really nice. He poses with fans at Comic Cons uh, and does like photo ops. Right. It's really cool. He, um, he uh he he brought a Cyclops visor as his cosplay one time and like that was it. It's yeah. incredibly lazy, but it works. So based on this based on this variant cover for the Golden Age, I'm going to assume it ties into Flashpoint Beyond. Oh yeah, it does look like that. Kind of silly. I mean, you would think it's a I picture really like of yeah by Michael Allred. It's a one of the timekeepers, probably the young boy from Flashpoint Beyond, in his little time sphere, and Batman's clinging onto it. Yeah, but he's not wearing a coonskin um, cap, and he looks a bit older. Yeah. Yeah, that is that guy. So it's not Rip Hunter, so it's, um... Shoot, I can't remember the name of the guy. So, what about these other promo pictures that are attached to the tweet? So we've got Huntress standing next to basically a headstone with the different uh, associated items for the Justice yes. Society. And then it's basically like in memoriam, kind of. Because it shows like force. They ghosts. brought them back just to kill them all off again. Yeah. Mm. And they then... did the um oh like what the new Doctor Who writer did for Gallifrey. It's like yeah. you finally bring them back after the time war and they're gone. Yeah. And then the next promo that we have is like it looks almost like Halloween night sort of thing, like a bunch of people chilling, dressed up in costume on a uh, stoop. Is that like a the brown same artist? Stoop. Is it that the same artist who did that cover where, like, it was the Teen Titans, like, gather around a fire telling stories, and you just had Darkseid's head looming in the background? From, like, last year's Halloween special or something. Mm. Hmm. I don't know. There's little bits of uh, art added in here. Uh, Darkseid is kind of sticker, and then underneath it says not. You got Brainiac, symbol with, like, happy, sad faces written in here. Vandalized, Savage, Grundy was born on a Monday. So it's just like kind of kids. And then uh I've also sure. got the the wall lamp is the Green Lantern. And who's peeking and through then, on the window? I think that's Atom Smasher. Okay. Or Atom, whatever his name is, the guy who's in he's gonna be in Black Adam. Yeah. That's Atom Smasher. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you're right. But I don't I don't spot a uh Huh. I don't really spot a signature. It looks like uh, the green. It looks like the Green Lantern has taken um, what? What is the cat guy's name? Wildcat. Wildcat. Yeah, it looks like he's taken Wildcat's coffee. The coffee has his symbol on it. What? So. Green Lantern has his hand on a coffee cup, like from Starbucks. And oh, you're looking putting... at the other one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Sean and I were talking about that other one. Yeah. Um, I think it's by Steve Lieber. 
That's not Steve Lieber. Then, whose artwork is it? Jer it's not Jerry Oldwick, because that's the other one. No, uh, I I follow this guy on Instagram, and I can't think of his name. It's gonna bother me. It's got them here. Variant variant cover. Yannick Paquette is not him. Joe Quinones is not him because he did the '90s one with like the Wild Storm-esque look. Jerry Ordway did the other one. Steve Lieber is the only one credited who I don't know. Is anybody's um, name start with an H? Not on this list, no. Okay, because I don't see a signature, but there is me. like an H next to uh, a random H, or what looks like an H, oh, next yeah. to the Flash's knee. Yeah. That's going to bother me now. Oh, well. Mm. The JSA, actually, I prefer over Justice League, unpopular opinion, but I'm actually really pumped for this. I think this is going to be a really need, cool opportunity, so long as he's I not need, going to be putting out an issue every four months. I need to read more JSA stuff. Probably his first two series. Honestly, they're really fucking good. I don't like the Goyer uh, portion of his work with JSA, but I really, I think that once he leaves, uh, Jeff Johns really finds his footing, and it just takes off. It's really early Jeff Johns too, so it's um, it's a little rough in the beginning, but honestly, it's it really uh, Chef's kiss once it really starts kicking off. Okay. Yeah, I really recommend it to everybody. It's it's incredible. Tyler recommending a Jeff Johns book. Wow. I know, right? Is, uh, is there still a confirmation about Geiger's offshoot series still coming out this year? Yeah, it's it in previews. On. I've already pre-ordered it. Oh. That's a lot sooner than I thought. Which one is this? The Junkyard Joe? Yeah, Junkyard Joe. It has to be. Let me look it huh. up again. Uh, yeah, it's coming out with a ton of covers. There's a black and white version and a colored version. Five each. Uh, issue one comes out October 5th. Oh, Jesus. There are so many... Oh, that's Junkyard Joe 2. Junkyard Joe 2 has four covers so far. I need to go and pre-order all this upcoming stuff. Yeah. Yes, you do. Jesus. Okay. Moving swiftly on, we have finally... Batman Joker Deadly Duo by Mark Silvestri, written and drawn. This was the first Black Label book to be announced way back in, like, 2018. Mm -hmm. Crazy. And you've had everything else come out in that time, and now it's finally out. Everyone kind of thought this just kind of got stealth cancelled or he was too busy. Yeah, man. Silvestri's pencil work is crazy. It looks good for a 90s artist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, come on. It's Mark Silvestri. He's always had an incredible amount of detail. So, it didn't matter what he was working Yeah, but it's, you look at the other artists from that era, and they've all steadily gone downhill in quality. There, like, there's like, I love the two a lot different of his styles work, where the, the heroes are either like super long and lanky, or they're just muscle beefcakes. Yeah, but let's be honest here. Jim Lee, Jim Lee still holds up. Yeah. Uh, it's not as good as it was. So disagree. We have the synopsis here, but I'm curious about this cover because we're going with the kind of the modern day Joker, where he's got the two different eyes. This cover was originally this was solicited back when the comic was announced, which was like two years before Tynan even got put on Batman. Hmm. With the this cover eye. was there. So this 
Yeah. So this isn't tied into that at all. Okay. But, I mean, the Joker didn't get that other eye until recently, right? Yeah, like 2021. Okay. Or late, no, late 2020 at a push. Interesting. Are you sure he had the, the eye in this promo work back in 2018? 100% sure. Huh. Interesting. So, something from Black Label... Find... Yeah. It's interesting that something from Black Label would affect or drive the force of where regular DC Comics would head. Not necessarily. We've seen that a little bit before. I mean, there's been some black label content that has I don't want to say bled into some of the more canon stuff but I guess that would be the appropriate word I feel like since this was meant to come out so much longer I mean look at the costume for Harley Quinn there that's the more Suicide Squad Suicide Squad yeah um the original cover was slightly different he still has an odd eye but it's a different eye in the original one, it's got like a black. Hmm. The white bit is black, and then the pupil is green. Yeah. Huh. Mm. And now. Well, then maybe it was just an interesting mm-hmm. recent creative choice. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. All covers are cardstock. Each 32 page issue will be priced at $5. First issue goes on sale November 1st. It was announced July 19th, 2018. Jeez. Four and a half years later. Better late than never. Alright, uh, we haven't really oh, talked well. about the plot just yet. Uh, but in this, Batman and Joker, are, uh, basically the story drives them together and having them work together. Team up! I think this could be a really fun dynamic, depending on how well Sylvester pulls it off. I've not actually yeah. read anything by him. This is definitely going to be one of those cases where the uh, journey is... It's more about the journey than the destination, because, you know, yeah. at the end here, it's going to be a, a fight between the Joker and Batman, or Joker's going to get away somehow. Well, maybe. I mean, we're going to go into Riddler but one bad day later, and I think that there's definitely a different... How can I put this without spoiling anything? I think that there are some there are some more risks being made here and there, but unfortunately, and I really don't want this to be true. Um, he invented Deadpool. Mm. What's his name? Rob Liefeld. Rob Liefeld made a really good. Has, well, it's not a really good comment, but he made a com- He keeps making comments about like, oh yeah, DC Comics. You mean Batman Comics? It's not necessarily untrue when it comes to black label stuff. It's been Batman, Batman, uh, yeah. Batman, Constantine, Batman, Batman, Suicide Squad, Rogue Batman, Batman. The one where he fucks a mermaid. Yeah, <laughs> that was a selling point for someone recently. I told him about it, and he's like, "I need to read this right now." And I'm like, ah, "Sure, go so, for it. You do what you got to do, man." It says in the article, "This is the only the second time that Sylvester has provided interior art uh, for DC." Previous being 1996's Batman Black and White. Really? I could have sworn he did, like, one issue of Batman way back in, like, the 90s. Uh, Weird, okay. Did, did Josh not just say a Batman issue from the 90s? No, I mean, like, the, the Batman. Oh, okay. Run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I... Alright. I figured everybody at least did one Batman thing. Brian K. Vaughn did a Batman thing. Mm. Um, even okay. Dan, even cool. Dan Slott's done Batman. Yeah. I didn't know that for sure. I think it's the only DC thing he's ever written. <laughs> Alright. I mean, Mark Bagley's done Batman. Yeah, everybody done Batman. What the hell? Yeah. Alright. I mean, I'm going to check it out, mostly because of Mark Silvestri. The last time I saw him do something for uh, covers and interiors was Jason Aaron's Incredible Hulk. And uh, I really liked that, and then they switched. Mark Silvestri hopped off and it just went to complete shit. I like the early image founders who can still have fun and do stuff at the other companies. Yes. And then you get people like Robert Kirkman, who's like, or not just Kirkman, but Todd McFarlane somewhat makes a lot of negative comments. He's like, oh, why are you going and like work, working for images, like owning your own restaurant, and then you go over to DC and you work in as like a kitchen porter. Yeah. I mean, and, which is weird because he's going to be doing that Batman Spawn crossover. Yeah. I don't know. I, I get no, the under, I, I get the mentality of I, saying the big I two understand, are too big. I understand where he's coming from, and like I know Robert Kirkman doesn't like them either. But it's kind of nice whether at this level of fame where he doesn't need to do it, but he's got a fun Batman story he wants to tell, and we'll yeah. go do it. I mean, I don't think even Kirkman's feelings are all that valid because he he based his entire experience around working on Ultimate X Men and uh, Marvel Zombies, and like that's it. And maybe that was enough for him, but I, I don't know if that's enough f founded to lay claim that Marvel is just complete trash. And I don't think he's done anything at DC, mm -hmm. so... No, but I guess when you get started at somewhere like Imageway, you are your own boss, essentially. You have editors and whatnot, but you've got complete creative freedom for the most part, and then to go to such a confining environment where the editors are telling you the story to tell... It must be. Yeah, and I get that, but I feel like it's a different environment than what it was 10, 20 years ago, you know? I mean, we are... Yeah. We're seeing a big... I don't want to say it's a shift in the status quo, but I definitely think that there are creatives who are being given more freedom and more reign. And I feel like that's pretty obvious because otherwise Chip Zdarsky wouldn't be working on things like Daredevil and Batman, you know? Yeah. It's It strikes me as something... Yeah, because he was kind of a risk when he was put on Daredevil. Yeah, exactly. Because he was, he was the guy who did Sex Criminals and Howard the Duck. What's he going to do on yeah. Daredevil? Exactly. And now he's um, one of like the most modern acclaimed writers of the year. Exactly. Um, he's, I mean, he also had that, you know, very interesting input about being put on Spider-Man and not wanting to be put on it because he thinks that that's one of those properties that people hoard their, their, they lay their claim to the fandom is obsessive and has way too much input about what should be going on. It's and a bit like, restrictive. No, I don't want to be. Yeah. Which is something we've made fun of before because now he's on Batman. <laughs> but I yeah I wouldn't want to write Spider-Man either if I'm having to go in and break up Peter and MJ and write him going back to high school in his 40s thing is is like 
I don't know if that even is editorial at this point because Spencer brought them back together. Put Peter back into high school in his 40s. He wasn't in high school in his 40s. He had to go back to do some papers He and some assignments. It wasn't high school. He was doing university with Kurt Connors. Potato, potato. Yes, you're no, it's not. <laughs> Anyways. Well, this uh, this will be something we check out, obviously, but this, you know, outside of obligation for the show, yeah, we're definitely going to be interested in reading this. Josh. Mm-hmm. Tyler. Josh. Tyler. Read it. Yeah. Well, speaking Josh. of speaking of 90s image, that leads us directly into our next point. Yes. Wildcats is back. In pog form. Josh, so. Josh is living his <laughs> heyday. All we need is Dan Jurgens coming back, baby. That's all we need. Okay. What even is going on here? How how is uh, with the Wildcats? Yeah. Why does DC have the wild? Why does DC have the Wildcats? Is it just Jim Lee brought it over? Yeah, when Jim Lee moved to DC in the early two thousands, he <laughs> gave him Wildstorm. Yeah. That's hey guys. All oh, right. Yeah. yeah. I always forget Wildcats and Wildstorm are the same thing. You know, it'd be mm-hmm. really cool is if Talon appeared in the Wildcats. Wouldn't that be so cool, guys? Write that down. You know write that need. down. Write that down now. They need to write. They need to create a series called Stormcats. That'll just like balance everything out. <laughs> or Wild Wild. I don't really like cats, so I would like a series called Wild Dogs. Mm. What about Cat Storm? It's like a tornado of kittens. Cat dogs. That sounds awful. It's like Sharknado, but with cats. Um, did anybody ask for this? Um, Guess what, guys? I it's had written good by things... Matt Rosenberg. I'm not surprised by that. No, it's... I'm not surprised by that. Um, Matt Rosenberg is like, oh, Grifter. you guys want Talon? Okay. I'll well, he follow... did Grifter. It makes sense. He's going to follow Talon around. Um, I think that'll... Yeah, I heard a lot of really good things about Warren Ellis's The Wildstorm run back in 2016 to 2018, I want to say it was. Yeah, and yeah then, people praised it. I got then that. it was supposed to lead into a Wildcat series that he had written several issues of, Yeah, and then he got exposed to being a creep. Yeah. And it was just self-cancelled. <laughs> yeah. See, this is what I mean. It's like, if you're Warren Ellis, I mean, and you're going to get cancelled that fast for being a creep and having people come forward. I don't know. I feel like Jeff Johns is probably safe. Um, but yeah, we are getting a one-shot Wildstorm 30th anniversary special, and we are also getting a Waller vs. Wildstorm miniseries about Amanda Waller taking on the Wildstorm universe. Okay. Waller yeah, vs. You know Bendix. Okay. I'm okay with that. We do Waller vs. Bendix. Why not? Take down Bendix. He does too much dialogue. You've caught me monologuing. That's when we find out the reveal at the end is like the, um, at, you know, hey. the end of the Checkmate book, where it turns hey, out man. that the leader hey. is just Commandy who's travelled in time, and Amanda Waller's like, I know where you come from. <laughs> Bendix yeah. is just Bendis from a different universe. I mean, the whole, like, ex-Suicide <laughs> like, Squad, the ex-teen Suicide Squad is taking on Bendix right now in Superman, Son of Kal-El. You could just right in Amanda Waller at the end kind of coming in for the cleanup. I mean I'm not going to be 
probably reading it, but, you know, good for them for reading yeah, it, I, I, I guess. I don't know I don't anything know. about Wildstorm other than it got dragged into the DCU with New 52. Um, I um, mean... Cool for people who like it. If I hear really good things about the mini, I might check it out, but it's not high up on my list. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't really have that much input to say about it. Good for them. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Interesting. They're going to introduce the Court of Owls versus the Wildcats. Hmm. Owls versus cats. Does, does Josh get credit for, for that story idea? Yeah. Dude, I, it's in the article. That actually was your idea. No, it's in the article. I saw Talon. It, uh, he's in the description for you're, the you're uh, a hack. plot. You just stole your ideas. Oh, you I'm son of, no, you're, you're a phony. You're, a hack. you're not even looking at the articles that you linked. You just link yeah, articles. I need to be the first to post I see, about this I news. I see headlines and yeah. You know what he is? He sees something on Twitter and he <laughs> doesn't read the he's article. He's on Twitter. He he's on Reddit. He's like just the typical Redditor. I read the headlines, guys. Now let me tell you my opinion. Yeah, that's literally what he did with the Young Justice stuff recently. He was just like, rage, rage, rage. Didn't read the actual content of the comic and looks at the context of the things. Rage, rage, rage. For what? Sorry? Exactly. <laughs> In one ear, <laughs> out the other. Just flush it out about? at the end of the day. <laughs> it all just falls out. Um, I guess we can move on. Uh, let's see here. So this is an interesting bit of news. Uh, Bad Idea is back with Mark Wade. Yes. So Mark Wade yeah. and David Lapham are releasing a new series called The First Supper. It's, and this it's is eight... the first... Sorry, go ahead. Oh, so it's going to be an eight-page comic in the catalogue itself. Yeah. It's not actually a series. That's disappointing. Boo! Well, it is a bad idea, isn't it? Yeah. So, it, but, supposedly, yeah. Uh, it's at the very end of this month's previews. June edition. Coming out August 24th. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so Bad Idea 2 Part 1 is coming, which is made up of seven titles, which will total 15 issues, and they're on sale between November and February. Yeah. Connect with any Bad Idea destination store only on Wednesday, September 7th, in person, or by any other means. Yep. Pre-order all seven titles with your store. You're pre-ordering blind, no titles, no story details, no creative teams, only the cover price and number of issues will be released. Yep. It's whole lot of like bad idea is just the definition of like chaotic neutral maybe chaotic evil i don't know but it's so chaotic uh they basically only sell to their most profitable stores and i think at the end of bat you know they're like this is the end of bad idea at the end when they released odin's eye back in december of last year they basically said, like, all you stores are fired. You must reapply. And there were some stores within... Two stores within a, an hour and a half of me. And now those stores are no longer on the list. I, I'd have to drive for hours to find a store that I can buy this stuff from. So even if I wanted it, it's just so hard to acquire. Meanwhile, Sean has, like eight different locations, one just, like, down the street from him. 
No, well, I can get them online a... from Forbidden Planet. Yeah, but the but Forbidden they're, they're... Planet location is in your city. No, it's not. There's a Forbidden Planet in Birmingham, it says. Yeah, that's like an hour away from me. Okay. <laughs> he doesn't understand England, it's okay. Anyway, uh, what's even weirder is this like list of rules to get an even more special thing. <laughs> So. Rule number one, you must not talk about bad idea. <laughs> that, I would have actually two. liked if that was uh, what it said. <laughs> no, you you have to or, blind order, blind pre-order all of these comics. And then this is, um, this is like Dwight Schrute level of insanity. It's pre-order, blind pre-order all seven of these series, 15 issues. That'll give you a sticker. And that sticker can be exchanged... For a alternate ending to some of these comics, uh, connect with the comic store only on Wednesday, September seventh. You have to pre-order everything. If you're one of the first ten people to pre-order all seven titles at your store, you will be awarded a swanky bad idea two part one redemption sticker. Sticker can be used to redeem from bad idea an extra alternate and exclusive story choice for one of the soon-to-be-revealed books in the Bad Idea 2 Part 1 lineup. What's the story choice? Oh boy, just you wait. I hate everything hmm. about this. Yeah. I, they're I, like, what I does that even mean? To... Well, you'll have to wait to find out. We're not even going to tell you what this bonus even means. I would be interested in reading some of this stuff, but the fact that it's just not available... In my shop, I feel like they're charging like ten to twenty dollars per yes. like issue or collection yes. because it's so hard to get. Yes. You look at the list of stores, and like I looked at the stores for my state, and there's three stores, and they're either just like two of them are like <gasps> far suburbs of Cleveland, like one in Cleveland, one kind of in Akron. And then another one in the middle of nowhere, fucking nowhere, Ohio. Like, how is this store your most valuable store out of all of Ohio? Like, we have so many stores here, even in the city that I live in, that just order, like, they order gangbusters for anything it's, and everything. They would just, order so it's, much. It's actually just a Los Poyos Hermanos situation, <laughs> where it's just a front for the cartel. Yeah, well, I mean, who could... I mean, we got two major highways that go right across each other. That's a great place to do uh, exchanges. It's it's madness. It's just chaotic. Madness. Like, there's some of these things I would like to read, but I'm just not paying over $10 for one issue. Yeah. And I'm yeah. not Even going if it's out of my $5, way to read That's 100 bucks. You're going to be out 100 maybe 200 bucks For something yeah. that you don't that's even know. Much, uh... Sight unseen. Yeah, this that's very much the. It's almost like on par with uh, he who shall not be named and Cyber Frog. Yeah. Honestly, it's twenty five dollars. Well, maybe it's, they it's could a learn course. a thing or two because bad idea is getting advertising. These comic book websites are writing about them. It's yeah, fucking weird. It's madness. Madness. At some point, Sean and I are going to actually talk about some of these bad idea comics because. We bought them. I mean, sure, obviously. But, like, is it, has bought. it been worth it for you guys? Some of them are okay. Some of them are good. That's really selling it for me. Okay. I know. Well, gotta read them. 
at some point. It's on yeah. it's on the list. It's in the it's in the catalog of stuff to read. Yeah. I I don't even know. Yeah. They they just do so many things that they're like actively antagonistic towards their readers. It kind of seems like it. It, it it really does. Okay. Cool. Moving on, we then have Dun dun dun. Um, a few new relaunches from Marvel. We have Ryan North writing the new Fantastic Four series. Mm. Um, cool. With a fantastic variant cover by Frank Miller for the issue number one. Love it. His first Marvel work since Man Without Fear. Yep, and then after that, he's actually going to be doing a variant cover for uh, Dan Slott's Spider Man number one as well. Is it as good as his Fantastic Four cover? It's fin- it's so it's oh it's so incredibly Frank Miller. I gotta share it with you. <laughs> that oh, Fantastic Four cover. It is a drawing of Ben Grimm, the Thing, and it is one of the ugliest drawings I've ever seen. I love it. It's really? so. Oh, it's so. Is this good. not the one that kind of looks like uh, King, uh that's Spider Man? It, well, that's the one I was just talking about. Oh, I thought we were going to talk about the than Ben Grimm the, one. The thing. Yeah, I thought the he already shared it. Ben Grimm one. Yeah, the one I thought I saw was kind of like the Mark Wade Kingdom Come kind of cover. I don't know if I see that. I feel like you're just obsessed with Kingdom Come. Yeah, you know me. I do. I do know you. Oh boy! After after two years of knowing you doing this podcast, yeah, two years I do of know bullshit. You. His, two years of absolute. His feet look like he's wearing those little like shoes that separate the toes. Crocs. So that actually is a lot more canon than you think. That oh, was one Crocs. of the original designs. Is that he had like that little toe sticking out? I wish Frank Miller would just stick to not working on writings. <laughs> I think that he is probably one of the best writers of all time, and lately he... He, he, is, well, he is simultaneously, or not simultaneously, because it's like 20 years oh, apart. Oh, Jesus. Okay. He has no, been, I see the Ben Grimm one. This is not the one I was thinking of. This is like John Romita Jr. Maybe even mess. John Romita. Yeah. I feel like John Romita Jr. is better than this. John Romita it Jr. It could have been like, I'm at Comic-Con, and I need to do a five-minute sketch. Alzheimer's. And then he finishes it in one minute. Yeah. <laughs> draw me a thirty. Draw me a maze in thirty seconds that will take me a minute to do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Frank Miller was one of the best. His early work is phenomenal, and then he just went crazy during nine eleven. Yeah, that was weird. I mean, he that watched, whole thing was he really wa- weird. He watched the plane hit the tower. That will fuck you up. Yeah, I mean, living in New York for him really fucked him up in general. I mean, him getting mugged was the, his motivation for, you know, Daredevil. No, if you want to see something that's god-awful, if you really want to get something that'll make you, like, feel really good about yourself as a person, just look at the cover for All Out Avengers number two with Greg Land. Look at that leg for Doctor Doom. It's fucking insane. Continue, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, that leg is a bit chonky. It's a chonk. Chonk. Strange. However, it's not as bad as Frank Miller's work. I mean, maybe I'm just really accustomed to Frank Miller because I think it's kind of funny. 
in a way. That's just me. It reminds me of, you know in The Office when Michael's leaving and he gives Oscar a gift and Oscar's like, oh, thank you, it's very nice. And then it just cuts to Michael laughing in The Office and he's like, he... It's like he has the lowest opinion of me of anyone. <laughs> I gave him a <laughs> shit gift and he just took it thinking I'd put effort into it. <laughs> That's just Frank Miller with his artwork. <laughs> oh, I love it. Just he can't Continue. draw he can't draw faces or bodies or Oh no, it's not good, but it's that's I I like it because of that However, very reason, honestly. People online like have been editing it of like alternate um colouring. Mm-hmm. And it looks significantly better in a stylized form. I'm just sending it really? to you guys now. The one on the you know right what? is the yeah. tradition oh, yeah. is his original version and then the one on the left is the edited one. Who edited yeah. it? Okay. Reddit. <laughs> Someone on Reddit, yeah. Honestly, yeah, I could see it being more stylized and being more being interesting in that regard. But why the? Is that the Japanese flag? It's really stylized. Yeah. Why? Yeah, his art yeah. just does not suit modern coloring. Mm-mm. And especially not these very badly photoshopped colors he seems insistent on using. Mm. Well, they really should be doing more flat colors with his art style, anyways, because it's. I mean, look at the size of those hands. Look at the artwork look from... Look at the mitts on that guy. Dark Knight Strikes Again had like just this awful photoshopped colour scheme, and it was just... Bleh. Anyway... It's just weird to think, because like when you look at his original art back in the 80s, you're just like, yes, that's amazing. What happened? <laughs> 9-11, that's what happened. Not even once. <laughs> Not even once. Continue, um, I'm sorry. Yes, so that takes on to the next thing, which is Tyler's favorite writer, Jerry Dugan, is relaunching Iron Man with a new number one. Mm-hmm. But the yeah. artwork is by Ivan Coella. What? I do like Ivan Coella. So how is Juan Frigeri involved? I don't know who that is. It says Gary Dugan and Juan Frigeri launch new ongoing series. Artist. Ivan Coelho, oh, the cover must be Ivan Coelho. Ivan yeah. Coelho might be doing Fantastic Four instead. Yeah, because it says Juan Frigeri is the artist. Okay. Okay. Follows Wait, Campbell's Juan incredible Ray. run. I, yeah. Oh, no, that's not the artist I was thinking of. You can tell that we're having a lot of fun like with our opinions of the comics coming out lately, so yeah. I apologize to anybody who's been excited for some of this stuff. But <laughs> We were very excited for some of it. Some of this, yeah, I am still excited for. I mean, we've got an interesting selection of stuff coming out. I mean, Cates is going to be writing uh, a Venom issue in Thor. You know, We've got Predator covers still looking beautiful. I mean, some of the stuff is, is really cool. I think it's just easier for us to laugh at some of the so Less habits. exciting stuff. So there hasn't yeah. been a Invincible Iron Man before? There has. there has. Okay. I thought there had. They're just Yeah, that was um Matt Fraction. Yeah. So they're just renaming. They've used that title again. a lot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Marvel loves their number Oh ones. my god. Hey guys. So this brings <laughs> somebody that just brings break, an end. somebody just bust into Marvel headquarters. Hey guys, Batman's poor now and now he has to learn how to live on the streets and you know, he's got all the safe houses, but he's not a billionaire playboy. He doesn't run 
you know, Wayne Enterprises anymore. They're like, oh my god, you know what? We should totally do that Josh, with Tony Stark. Josh, stop talking, stop talking, because in the most recent Iron Man run, which started like two years ago, Tony Stark gave away a lot of his money and moved out of his mansions yes. into a brownstone I'm in reading the synopsis for Invincible oh. Iron Man. Once again, I am a hack. No, this... Wait, so it's happening in the same... It, this, the did you not even read this? It says, it all ends here. He Tony Stark, the genius playboy... Genius billionaire playboy philanthropist has lost it all. His wealth, his fame, his friends. But Stark doesn't realize he still has so much to lose, especially when a mystery, mystery villain puts hit, puts out a hit on him. Every assassin around the Marvel Universe has come out of the shadows for Tony, and he has no idea who hired them. Will this cavalcade this is like of killers... This fourth time that he's like lost his money. Literally, that was how the previous run started. He gave it all yeah. away because he wanted to get back in and touch even, with his humanity. Before then, when Civil War Two happened, uh, Captain Marvel tore down Stark Towers, and then he lost a, like almost all of his money. And then he went into a coma, like, where he like was dead. Yeah, air quotes dead for a while. So this is the this is Iron Man's 60th anniversary this December. New era begins this December. Hmm. Uh, yeah. I feel like no one should read this <laughs> because Gary Dugan is not a good writer. He's he's, he's all right. Just not. Uh, he's no. a solid like seven out of ten writer. Okay, I sure. I've been reading this comic over here. Let me just pull this. What is it? The sucker out. This uh, one just pulls out a dynamite bad boy with massive. <laughs> <laughs> no, the the dark room. That's a Gary Dugan book. It says Gary Dugan right here with. Bon, Juan Cristiano. Uh, I've read the first couple of chapters. It's a original graphic novel, standalone. It's pretty good. Mm, no. They got a breakdancing haunted skeleton. He glows blue. That's. He just. He's trying way too hard to be like a Hunter S. Thompson type, and I, it just does not Maybe. work. Yeah. When he did. This is more remember, like. Uh, 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 shit. Who does Hellboy? Mike, Mike Mignola. Yeah, this is this is kind of more in the style of Mignola. Okay. Do you remember when he did that event with Marvel, uh, the Infinity crossover thing? Infinity Wars. The Infinity thing. That literally was just a way to make toys. That's yeah. like, hey guys, here's oh, a yeah. Moon Knight mixed with Spider-Man. Yeah. Like that's that's all that was. It was not good. That was yeah. what Secret Wars was. That's all these things. It's like, hey, you know these toys that you play Secret. with as kids? Now they're fight they're fighting each other. It is a lot of superheroes fighting each other lately. I am really tired of that. Yeah. Although I do like some of the stuff. Um the uh Ready Player One in the film when they were able to acquire all of those different properties and use them in the final battle. Like you've got Godzilla versus the Iron Giant while he's riding on a DeLorean. Well, they're able to do that because of Warner Brothers. Yeah, but, I mean, sometimes it's really cool. Yeah, no, I, look, I'm not going to... I'm saying that when you first introduce it, yeah, it's interesting. But when you have it be the staple thing for every Marvel comic, it's it's exhausting. Mm -hmm. You know? It's just... Give me Civil War, Civil War Two, maybe, and then be done with it. It's just too much. Civil War Two, even then, I didn't... Coming need. next summer, Civil War... Three. Electric Boogaloo. Yeah, seriously. Speaking of Electric Boogaloo, 
that allows us to civil, have... civil war future past. <laughs> I don't understand how this came to be, but this is an interesting bit of news regarding Ryan Reynolds and a film that nobody saw. No. Rip, uh, R.I.P.D. is getting a sequel starring Ryan Reynolds and the one and only world famous The Dude. Yes. Who wanted this? I don't even think Ryan Literally Reynolds nobody. wanted this. This is like 10 well, years later. It came out in 2013, grossed $78 yeah. million dollars on a $130 million dollar budget. How Received is it negative sequel? reviews. Direct it has a 12% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's a direct video. It made half video. its budget back. It's direct-to-video. A sequel? No. No, the movie made less than half its budget. The original. Oh. Um, yeah. It's, like, this is, like, the reverse HBO Max. Like, we're just gonna blow our money on everything. Uh. Oh, this is even better. Uh, originally... Before Jeff Bridges was in the film, his part was supposed to be played by Zach Galifianakis. <laughs> he had to drop out due to scheduling conflicts. So, <sighs> okay. God, yeah. this looks awful. There's not a single notable name in the cast. Yeah. Uh, so I looked up the the guy that made the comic. It's based on a 1999 comic. Surprise. From Dark Horse. Yeah, by Peter M. Linkov. Yeah. And this guy is responsible for just the craziest stuff. Like, lately, he's been doing the uh, Hawaii Five-O, MacGyver, and Magnum P.I. reboots. But he's also responsible for things such as Demolition Man and the sequels to Universal Soldier. Hmm. He's just everywhere doing crazy stuff. He was a producer and did uncredited rewrites on Ballistic X vs. Sever. You remember that? Actually, yeah. I never saw it, but yeah. What a weird... That's, that has a 0% approval rating as well. Ooh. So this is an interesting little factor I didn't know about. Uh, R.I.P.D. is made through Dark Horse Entertainment, which is a... Uh, production company for television and film didn't know Dark Horse had a studio for that That's did cool. it, you remember how um, Yahoo made that streaming service and they re, they brought back Community for season 6 and then that yeah. caused the streaming service to go under and in turn <laughs> Yahoo failed, is that, did the same thing happen with Dark Horse Entertainment they, they're still around, that's oh. the weird thing, I know um, so this is an interesting. We not, we haven't really talked about it much since we heard about it because there's nothing to talk about really. Uh, but f uh, they've been trying to make a deal with Frank Miller to make a Sin City TV series for mm -hmm. a while now, and yeah. the last time there was news about it was in 2020. We've heard about. They a lot are of these. currently working. Yeah, they're currently working on uh, putting together something for Fear Agent, Grendel, Harrow County, Briggsland, uh, obviously Sin City. Now, this is an interesting bit of news that I think you're going to be both interested in. They want to do a TV series or movie, depending, probably a TV series for Word. Yeah. Uh, which is a very unknown... Or, I'm sorry, I was thinking of Wind. Yeah, you were. No. I knew. They're also going to do uh, a Goon film. Why? <laughs> <laughs> what is Department That's 8? so weird. I don't even know. 
I don't know what some of these are. It's these a Matt are, Kent book. Yeah, a lot of these are uh, animated stuff. Yeah, well, I mean, they they had a the Mask animated TV series back in nineteen ninety yeah six or something. And, I watched uh, that. I, I mean, I did a Dark little bit Horse too. Dark Horse Entertainment but... is responsible for the uh, Alexander Skarsgård Legend of Tarzan in twenty sixteen. Really? Yeah. Hmm. But, I mean, they are also responsible for 30 Days of Night. Hmm. I mean, that was a decent enough film. (laughs) Every once in a while, you get something. I just don't understand why they're even making the effort to do a direct-to-DVD film starring Ryan Reynolds and Jeff Bridges. (laughs) It's all green screen. Just right in front of a green screen. Just stand here, talk to each other. I don't know. There must have been a contract. They're not in the sequel. They're not? What? No. Okay. Yeah. The, like I said, there's no one notable on this cast list. Who is on the cast list? Jeffrey Donovan, Richard Fleischman, <laughs> Jake for a, Choi. <laughs> for a hot second, I thought Harry... you were going to say Jeffrey Dahmer. <laughs> um, yeah, it's set in the American West of 1876. And it's a spiritual sequel to <laughs> R.I.P.D. Oh, I, I think yes. I know what's going on here, guys. Hey, guys, we just got this film set for really cheap. You know that Rust movie that uh, Alec Baldwin was working on? Nobody wants to be on it. We can use this set. Nobody cares. Okay. Is Jeffrey and don't Donovan you talk poorly get... about Jeffrey Donovan. I like Jeffrey Donovan. Yeah. Is he going to get investigated by the FBI for accidentally shooting someone on set? Good God, man. Oh, man. What's, he hasn't been in anything for a while since that Hulu show got cancelled. Uh, Burn Notice was fun. No, he... No, sorry. Yeah. I'm thinking of uh, Scooby-Doo. Uh, who was in Scooby-Doo? I always get him kind of mixed up. With, uh... Freddie Prince Jr. No. The guy that played Shaggy. <laughs> Matthew Lillard. Matthew, Matthew Lillard. Lillard? Yeah. Sometimes. Him and another guy I get mixed up. Anyway, this is this is why you have glasses. Yeah. No, he's been on Law and Order uh, recently. <laughs> yeah, he has. <clears throat> All right. Uh, I guess we can move on to this bit of news about Superman and Lois. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Very so, unfortunate. So, Sean, explain this to me. Um, yeah. So the actor who plays John Kent has decided to leave the show because of personal issues, mm-hmm. and he's going to be recast. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, there's not, not very been... exciting. Okay. No, in the past he suffered with depression, so some people are theorizing that's to play here, and he needs to focus on his mental health. Um, but also, some people have commented, being like, "Oh, that sounds like he's going to prison then," mm-hmm. because it's rare for someone just to abruptly leave the show out of yeah. nowhere. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I think, yeah. I think that's a far-fetched. Uh, okay. I think him and the other guy that. So he's playing Jordan, and the other guy plays... No, he plays Jonathan. No, he's he's John. Yeah. He's, yeah, and Jordan. Both of these guys, I think, are basically age-appropriate for the uh, roles they play, I think. That's strange for CW show. Yeah, oh, sorry, the guy's name is Jordan, and he plays John. So... What is his name? Jordan Elsass? Okay. Yeah. Ellis. Yes. Ilios. Yeah, born August 28th. 2001, so he's just about to turn 21. That's, 
kind of crazy that his name is Jor-El. Yeah. Yep. Oh my god. You're totally right. Yeah, that's why he Did was I tell chosen. You I had a neighbor named Jor-El? Sorry? You both spoke at the same time. I had time. a neighbor named Jor-El. Yeah. Interesting. And uh, was yeah, his dad... Like genuinely, his name was Jor-El. Was his dad uh, Nick Cage? No, he was black. Was his dad Nick Cage? No. <laughs> Uh, I was I was very surprised by it. I was like, "You did? What did you name your kid?" And he's like, "I didn't name my kid Clark or Kal-El." I'm like, "Okay, yeah, well, we can still we can shorten my son's name to uh, Kal-El." Yes, just so you know, that's the correct choice. Yeah, that's the correct choice. Ooh, you can name him Calvin Ellis. Well, I I I went for that. No, he's Calvin Elliot. Okay, cool. Yeah, that works. Do you ever just yell, bring me the boy, Kal-El, my son? <laughs> someday. He won't get it, but someday. Once you force him to read all of your Jan Jurgens. Jan Jurgens. Uh, hold these carefully, Jan buddy. the man. Jan Jurgens. <laughs> um, so there's only a little bit of news left. Uh, so Sane Man apparently is releasing some bonus episodes. Already did. Yeah. Cool. So these kind of know. came out of nowhere. I think I've not, I'm not fully up to date on the show yet, but... I think they were adapting some of like the smaller one-shot stories that took place throughout cool. the run. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the um, only thing that you need to be aware of is that your opinion on anything with the show is wrong. It's a fantastic show from start to finish, and you're wrong. It has moments of greatness in there. Um, yeah, mm. so we've got a two-part story. It was a 64-minute episode, and it, was, it adapted Dream of a Thousand Cats and Calliope. Calliope. Oh. Calliope. I don't know, Josh. I thought it was Calliope. Thank you, Tyler. No, it's definitely Calliope. I've heard it pronounced so, that way. Unless the the person that pronounced it was wrong, but I'm I'm pretty sure it's Calliope. Was it a white dude? Was he mansplaining to you? Yes. They they just spread their legs so wide and then they were right. The wider so, yeah. you spread your One legs, of... the uh the more correct the you more are. accurate you are. So one of his stories is about a Siamese cat that dreams of a new world, and the second is a writer in desperate need of inspiration, crossing paths with Morpheus. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. I need to get around to finishing the show. It's a really good show. It ends... It The first couple of episodes, I think, are a bit of a... I just... Uh, false I, start, I'm going to say. I really like the pilot... And then episode two, I kind of felt was a little. Mm. It stumbled over the hurdle. Yeah, I think that I once really they don't get... like the actress playing Lucienne. I don't care. You're I watched I watched interviews with her and Tom Sturridge, and she literally just has exactly the same. Like, her voice is just exactly the same. It's like me when I talk. How it's just. It doesn't change. Absolutely not true. She has way more personality and way more charm than you. She's almost like Russell I, Brand. I really don't think she does. Yeah, no, she... I think that you're just English and that you're accustomed to hearing English people. So for us, we're like, this is really... Uh, you know, she's a lot of British. A lot of charisma, a lot of charm. Because she has... She moves. She, she's got a personality. Maybe maybe she gets mo- better later on. Thus far, the only thing I've seen her do is carry a book around and look very stern and just be like, oh, but Lord Morpheus... Yeah. That's you, literally you, what that character basically go, is. 
No, he was much more bumbling in the in the original. I mean, I can kind of see what you're saying with like the bumbling aspect of it, but I do feel like she's she just doing plays, a really good job. She just plays the character very straight, mm-hmm. like too straight. It's it's odd because I she think, is a comedian. What has she done? Uh, that's what her is she a, Wikipedia is she says. A she's good a comedian. comedian. She was a semi-finalist in the Funny Women Awards in 2013. Yeah, but just because it says she's a comedian doesn't mean anything. Because I'm pretty sure Wikipedia describes Amy Schumer as a comedian. Uh, <laughs> come on, man. I mean, I'm not going to deny that she's just not funny. I mean, you're not wrong. Yeah, the I'm on the episode 24-7. I started it and was like, oh shit, this is this episode... I need to. Uh, I, I'm not in the right mindset to watch this now. Sean, do you know a BBC comedy sketch series called Famalom? No. No. Okay. Mm. Oh right, um, she was in The Witches. Yeah. I don't remember her from that, but it says she was. Yeah. Alice's mum. 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 Mummy. Mum. Mum. Mama. Mum. All right. Um, I've seen yeah, her in so, other things, but I can't think of well, what she's, else. She's been in very little, so. She she reminds me of someone else, I think, because I recognize her as well, but haven't seen anything else she's in. Mm. Um, but yeah, so Sandman is the biggest streaming show on the planet currently. It has been watched two twenty three point eight times more than the average series on Netflix. So it's been a massive hit. Okay. But okay. Netflix still has not renewed it for season two yet. Uh, nah, that's just temporary. But usually it's either before or way after. Like, I don't know when things. They're just gonna sneak drop season two like they did the bonus episodes. Yeah. Um, but Neil Gaiman has confirmed that if if it doesn't get renewed, he has the rights to take it elsewhere. Okay. Well, it's Neil Gaiman. I really, yeah. Do you remember that whole thing that he did with Marvel and Angela? No. Yeah, vaguely. I need to read 1602. It's okay. It's not that good. I've heard very good things about it. It, It's very dry. I guess is why I say that. I don't know. Um, the whole thing with Angela was there was actually a threat of legal action uh, and then legal like court cases with Image Comics and Todd McFarlane. Oh, because, yes, I do know. Yeah. But because of Image's policies, essentially, you know, he still had full rights to the character despite her being debuted in Spawn. So when he sold her to Marvel, you know, then she became Thor's sister and that whole thing. I think that's actually the reason why Image has changed up a lot of their contracts uh, is because of that very thing. Because they don't want to have a repeat of that. Which is hilarious because that's exactly what happened with Todd McFarlane and his creation of Venom in Spider-Man. Hmm. You know, you think that, I don't know, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Anyways, um, last bit of flash bit of news, just uh, going to power through these. Uh, Bendis has announced a new comic coming out called The Ones, and it is going to feature uh, art by, if I can get the thing pulled up. Uh, I actually don't know who this artist is, but it's the artist from Death to the Army of Darkness, uh, Jacob Edgar, mm. 
uh, with a couple of really cool variant uh, covers. He's also coming out with a graphic novel from uh, Dark Horse as well, as well, with Andre Lima Arajo on art, and it actually looks really it's gorgeous. Tempting, it, I would yeah. say that this this art is on par with Mobius, in my opinion, um, as far as like the landscape and everything. Yeah, I'm actually I mean, really pumped for it. it. It looks like more of the work that he's done in A Righteous Thirst for Vengeance. Yes. Um, the artist Tom, Parm Tom Palmer has passed away at the age of 80. He was a comic book creator who left Marvel's... Uh, uh, I think it was like the 1980s that his last bit of work was done. No, I'm sorry, it was the 1990s. Uh, he did work on Avengers, X-Men, Tomb of Dracula. Uh, he was predominantly an inker, but he is referred to as an artist. Uh, unfortunately, passed away at the age of 80 years old. Uh, yet another artist that has a deep history with comics has passed away in this untimely, ungodly times. Um, there's a list from comicbook.com for comic books rising in value this week, and some of them are pretty obvious. Uh, you've got some Sandman stuff, the uh, first appearance of the Black Symbiote suit in Secret Wars, 8 billion genies because of the Amazon TV show, but the one that's interesting to see is a facsimile edition of Ultimate Fallout number 4, the first appearance of Miles Morales with a uh, let's see here, Clayton Crane is the, I think it's a dedication issue uh, but this is really weird because this is kind of unclear, so you're hearing different uh, sides of stories from Black Flag, CGC, um the popularity of this facsimile really surged. People are attributing this to social media, uh, but there's also a bit of contra controversy, as Sean would say. Uh, Marvel never released a formal statement, uh, but they did send a notice uh, with updated terms to all retailers who have had an exclusive in the past, present, or future that altering a book without Marvel's approval is prohibited. CGC is standing by its statement of recognizing this as an actual blue label book, which the entire market has unanimously agreed with. And so while this book is beginning to lose interest, mostly because of fatigue, last week's residual spotlight on this book has taken it to the top spot. And it is currently tracked at a high sale of 1800 for a CGC 9.9 and a raw near mint fair market value of $566. Why this is, we really don't really know. I don't quite understand. I guess it has something to do with contracts and Marvel, but it's, uh, it's out there. Hmm. Kind of strange. Oh. Uh, apparently, Sci-Fi has announced that they are going to be working with uh, IDW Publishing for an upcoming television project based on the Scott Snyder series Dark Spaces Wildfire. Uh, <laughs> so that has caused the number one to go up in value for $20. That's the first interesting bit of news you've said in the last five minutes. <laughs> oh, shut up. This one I threw in the chat because we've been making jokes about it and people are for some reason finding a way to make a story out of it. So Thor has had how many origin stories now. um two you guys this were year up to, you guys were up to like four one. right yeah i know there so, were like two this year here. but up to this point you were at like four or five yeah and yeah something like now that. we've got a third contradicting one coming it's so this is strange so this is the one million bc avengers thing uh it's it is gaia giving birth to baby thor um 
I don't really understand the context here because I've thought that Phoenix was still mo his mom, his new mama, but um, apparently well, Gaia had the Phoenix Force when she birthed him. Is is that what it was? Yeah, but then Donny Cates run reestablished Freya as his mother. Only well, for only for Jason Aaron to like a week later contradict it in his Avengers stuff. Well, if we're talking about the same issue that I'm thinking of, it is recognized that in that Kate's run that Gaia Phoenix is his mom by birth, but that Freya was the one who raised him, and so therefore he... What? <laughs> he may be your father, but he ain't your daddy. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's exactly right. Um, there's a lot of nitpicking with this that would be very tiresome to get into so we're not even gonna bother ex over explaining it it's as simple as the convoluted nonsense is what you would expect from a comic book especially a jason aaron one but uh, now job. literally but uh yeah if you want to pick up the issue that tells thor's origin story i'm sure it'll be valuable someday sure <laughs> um yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much it. Is there anything else you guys uh, had for news? No. Yeah. Cool. Well, then we can wrap up the episode. So I guess we'll call it good here. Uh, this has been our comic book news episode. This has been the Cult of Comics podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, all the podcast locations. Thanks to Anchor.fm. You can go to Anchor.fm slash Cult of Comics in order to find our RSS feed and make your monthly contributions under there. You can also make your monthly contributions by going on to Patreon.com slash Cult of Comics, where for the dollar a month or higher level, you can be one of our blood boys and keep us sustained. And if you want to be one of our producers for the $1,000 a month or higher level, you get to tell us what to do, what to wear, what Sean can say to me, what he can't say. Uh, more specifically, you get to tell Josh what to do with his children and in specific we did have that as one of the tiers so I if you wanted to have to them renamed that's okay if you want to have them renamed if you want to like reshape the dungeon that they're kept into maybe some new shackles something like that you can definitely just go on to patreon.com and make those monthly contributions under there to keep us sustained you can go on to youtube.com slash cult of comics to find our videos which are uploaded weekly thanks to sean and you can send us an email at the cult of comics at gmail.com in order to ask questions make your statements make your requests whatever it is that you have uh, and we do have a listener email that we'll be reading off uh, next episode so thanks for sticking around stay safe out there and have a good rest of your day dash 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 dot 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 the three of us are in a cult